Yes, yes. Good morning, local city church. How you doing today? Come on, give me a shout if you're excited to be in God's house today. Yeah, we're ready. I know it's a little warm in here today, but that's the good reminder of that we're a portable church and that sometimes things happen outside of our control, but it's a great object lesson for where the message is going this morning. And you don't have to go to the gym today. You sat in a sauna for, uh, for you know, 45 minutes, so you're good. You're good to go. Well, if I didn't get a chance to meet you yet, my name is Ryan. I'm the lead pastor here at Local City Church, and it's an honor to have you with us. We know picking where you go to church is a big deal, and I would love to meet you at Connect Corner after service today if it's your first time. I'd love to answer any questions you have, but more importantly, hear your story. Hear your story of what God's doing in your life, how you came to come to Local City this morning and also help you get connected because we know Sundays are an amazing time, but we want you to get connected to our community as well. We want you to get connected to the purpose that you have and connected to what God wants to do in and through your life here at Local City as you want to call this place your church home. Well, if you want to get your notes out, I love that video that we just showed and how it closed out with that. Our hope is in God alone. We say it this way at Local City. It's that there is always hope and hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. Kind of rolls off the tongue because we want you to be able to remember it. We want you to be able to connect to it throughout your week, and today the message is going right along with that. You can see I got some chairs up here, which I'm gonna rearrange just a little bit. I'm gonna kind of detail out what these mean and how these can really help us when it comes to our faith journey, but I'd love for you to get your notes out because I know these things are important. They're not just given, it's, they double as a fan today, which is great, so that's helping out. But also, they encourage you throughout the week. I remember there's a, there's a guy that came to church last week, I've been inviting him for a long time, and, and he, uh, I texted him Saturday night, and he responded right away, yeah, me and the family will be there. And I remember after service, he, he texted me and said, hey man, once again, thank you so much for those notes, because I haven't been in church a lot in my life, and being able to go back through them and kind of download the message into my personal life and remember the things that were said just helps me out so much. I just want to thank you for that. So number one, it's always great to be inviting and bringing people to God's house, but also these notes make a big deal. We want you to lean into them and use them throughout the week, even share them with people on your social media platforms. In the notes, you we always have our church Instagram handle at local city church where you can tag us things that stand out to you because you never know who could use an encouraging word you never know who could use the message that we're giving today and this message is special because today we start a season of our church we do this two times a year where we take a designated period of time and lean into three things prayer worship and fasting prayer we know that's important. It's talking to God. And listen, just because I have a pastor in front of my name or I'm on stage doesn't mean that my prayers are more powerful than yours. Your prayers are powerful. And it's time to lean in to maybe focus on that prayer for 10 straight days. We take time in worship where we get rid of any unhealthy Spotify playlists we got going on and we fill them up with worship, with songs that we sing today where we can hear about how God is our provider. And then we take time to fast. What is fast? It's simply taking a break from things that are a distraction, taking a break from things that are unhealthy. That could be something like fasting lunch every day or fasting a meal during the day, and you kind of replace that with time with the Lord and realizing He can strengthen you in those moments. Maybe it's fasting from social media, which we could probably all use, or fasting from our favorite binge-watching platform and spending more time in worship and letting our spirit be filled during that time. As, a, as your pastor, I want to tell you, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I would say you should do something. And so just pray today. 
Maybe during the message, God would reveal something to you. Just make that decision. And I want, to put, I want you to put two things on your calendar. One is this Wednesday morning, we gather as a church. Now again, we're portable, so we'll be gathering at the church across the street, St. Paul Lutheran Church. It's on the draw near card that you were given, where we gather for morning prayer at 7 a.m. And we take the 7 a.m. to 7.45 a.m. and we pray and we lean in. And it's a great time. You don't have to feel uncomfortable or overwhelmed or like you don't belong. No, it's a place where we come and just pray together because there's so much power in that. And then we're going to close out these 10 days at St. Paul Lutheran Church across the street on August 31st, a Wednesday night for a prayer night or for a worship night. We come together with one focus and that's worshiping and believing that God is going to do some things in and through our worship. So I'd love for you to mark those on your calendar and come join us. If you're looking for that new level or that new breakthrough in your relationship with God, these could be the catalysts that help make that happen as we draw near. And here's the verse for this whole idea. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, it says this, now let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full insurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. I want you to know today that you don't have to feel guilty coming before God. You don't have to have any fear. I don't know if you've ever walked into a place with fear before. When it comes to the presence of God, there's no fear because every issue has been resolved. Every issue has been fixed. Every way has been opened to you because of Jesus. So that let us draw near is for every single one of us in the room. Let us draw near to the things of God. Let us draw near to what he has for us. I promise you, I want you to know for every individual in this room today and watching online, God has something special for you. And he wants to show it to you. And it's specific to your life and your story. The title of today's message is Unshakably Surrendered. Unshakably Surrendered. I know that maybe you've been shaken by life a little bit recently, through situations that are beyond your control, through relationships that are a little difficult to manage right now, through your job or through your financial situation, or maybe just your spiritual life, you feel a little shaken. Well, my goal after the next few minutes together is to help you feel unshakably surrendered, realizing that that unshakably condition comes from, from when we let go of control and let go of the things that we've been trying to hold on to and saying, God, you're God and I'm not. I'm just gonna let go and let God be who he is, be my provider, be my healer, be the one who can carry me through the difficult things, be truly more than enough. Here's what I'd love for you to write down this morning. What we draw near to in our life shows what we value most. What we draw near to in life shows what we value most what we draw near to in our time. I remember I was kind of embarrassed the other day. I was hanging out with some friends and they just randomly were going around and saying, hey, why don't you check at, at your screen time on your phone? Because if you have an iPhone, it can tell you how much screen time you've been averaging each day. And I remember opening mine up and being like, oh no, that's awful. I am spending too much time looking at this thing. It also tells you how many times you touch your phone, how many times you pick it up. I was like, I'm not gonna tell you what they are because I want you to be able to listen to the message later and really connect to it. But I couldn't believe how many times I've picked up my phone during the day, how many times I'm averaging it. So these 10 days, of fasting are coming just at a good time because that little app was showing me that I'm drawing near to things. I'm valuing things a little bit more than I'm valuing God. And if I were to look at the times that I've spent praying or worshiping or touching the presence of God, I, watch the, I want those things to be, I want those to be through the roof for the next 10 days. 
And I don't want to draw near to maybe the negatives of my life, those negative feelings, those negative emotions, those things that are just empty space that don't actually help me. I want to draw near to things that I value. I want to draw near to things that actually help me. I love when God kind of sets up a specific message for the day. You know, RJ shared a verse for our giving time, our tithes and offerings encouragement. And it's the same verse I have for you today where this whole message comes from. Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 28. Once again, it says, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. When I get to that word unshakable, I want everybody to say it. A little class participation. Here we go. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. That sounded good. That was smooth. Very nice. Let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe for our God is a devouring fire. Now I know that last sentence is intense, but for these next 10 days and for today, I believe God wants to devour and consume and wipe away all those things that are weighing us down. Burn away all that guilt, burn away all that shame and completely speak to you with the clarity that you are forgiven and set free and you have a place in God's presence, a place in God's house. Because here's the last thing I want to give you and then we'll pray and really jump into this. Maybe we've been asking God to change our situation when instead he wants to use that situation to change us. Maybe a lot of our prayers, a lot of our focus have been, God, change this situation, change what's happening to me. And God says, I know it's difficult. God sees your life. He is not unknowing to anything that's going on. He sees the difficulty. He sees how hard it can be. But he says, I'm trying to use that situation to change you because there's more difficult things ahead or there's good things that I have for you. And if you don't let this situation shape you and change you, then you're not gonna be able to get through what's coming. Today, the situation that you're going through, the focus is not on that. The focus is what God is doing in my life. We actually had a great example of this with our son, Shepherd yesterday. A lot of you guys know my wife. She was leading worship earlier. We have our second boy on the way in just a few weeks, which we're super excited about. But we have our one firstborn son, Shepherd, who's four and a half. And yesterday, we had done what most families do on a Saturday, went to Chick-fil-A, because you can't go today, because it's Sunday. And so we went through Chick-fil-A and got the healthy nugget meal for Shepard and gave him his ketchup and all this stuff so he could eat it on the way. We were going to the mall because he wanted to ride the carousel at the mall, super exciting. But I looked back and one of those nightmarish things happen when you're a parent, when you're letting your kids eat in the car. I watched Shepard take a big old scoop of ketchup with his nugget and that big old blob of ketchup just dropped straight on his shirt. And I audibly was like, and Adrian was like, what's wrong? I said, Shepard is covered in ketchup now. And she was like, it's okay. I have many, many shirts. I'm like, that's why moms are always prepared. Can I get a good amen from the moms in the house today? All right. Enough shirts and shorts to last a lifetime. Any accident that could happen. But I was watching Shepard and if I, that was me and I'm a little OCD about stains. If that was me and I dropped some ketchup on my shirt, oh man, I'd be so mad because I don't walk around with extra shirts because I'm an adult. I shouldn't be dropping ketchup on me. All right. But the thing is, Shepard immediately, instead of kind of panicking and crying, he just changed himself. He just changed his approach. And he just took that next chicken nugget and just scooped all that ketchup off his shirt and just started eating it that way. I'm like, yeah, Shepard, thank you. I needed a little object lesson for tomorrow. But the thing is, is he didn't panic about, oh, no, I'm dirty. I got ketchup on me. Help me. He was like, well, this is the situation I've been handed, so I'm going to make the best of it. And in a much more serious way, maybe God is saying, I know you're covered in some problems right now. 
covering some issues right now. But why don't you choose to make the best of the situation? And why don't you just still seek me and focus on me and watch how I can help you through it? Here's the power of drawing near to God in prayer and worship. Even when it may seem like there's no reason to, I love this quote by a guy named Eugene Peterson. He wrote a translation of the Bible called The Message. It says this, feelings are great liars. Can I get a good amen? Amen, right? So tell, tell the person next to you, that's true. Feelings are great liars. If Christians only worshiped when they felt like it, there would be precious little worship. Because we think that if we don't feel something, there can be no authenticity in doing it. But the wisdom of God says something different that we can act ourselves into a new way of feeling much quicker than we can feel ourselves into a new way of acting. Worship is an act of developing feelings for God, not a feeling for God that is expressed in the act of worship. I want to let you know today, you may feel like God is far away. Worship Him anyway. I want you to know today, you may feel like God has His back turned on you. Number one, that's a lie from the enemy. He does not. But worship and trust Him anyway and lean in to the message this morning. You may feel like you have 101 reasons why not to give your life to Jesus, but you should do it anyway because it's the truth that sets you free. It is the way of Jesus that sets you free. It is the hope that has a name, and that name is Jesus that forgives you and sets you free. Yeah, come on, we can give some praise in this place. We're getting right into it. It's warm, but we can lift up what God's doing. Would you pray with me today and just open your hearts with me as we lean into our conversation. God, I'm so thankful that whether we feel like it or not, you're here in this place. God, you are our provider and you're more than enough. And God, I pray one thing for everybody in this room, that they would personally grab a hold of that unshakable surrender in their relationship with you. God, I pray for all of our local city kids. I pray that you would help them have so much fun from the babies to the elementary schoolers. Help them fall in love with their best friend, Jesus. And know that, God, you love them and you care for them. We believe in our young generation here. And we pray that you would just pour into them today through our local city kids teachers. We love you, Lord, and we're excited for the message today. And we lean into these next 10 days as we focus on prayer, worship, and fasting. In Jesus' name, once again, everybody, come on, give me a good amen. And let's jump into it today. And do me a favor, let's give one more shout and clap for everybody watching for Local City Church Online. Come on, shout so they can hear you. So glad that you're with us today. Wherever you're watching from, come on, hype, hype us up in the comment section because we want to know where you're watching from. I love this idea of drawing near, and I love this idea that where we're focusing on is where we're going. Where we turn our eyesight and where we turn our vision to is honestly where we're going to end up. And sometimes I think it's so important to begin to take inventory of where we're at with that. Because I think I've told you this before, life moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So whatever thoughts you're drawing near to, that's where your life is going to move. Whatever actions and relationships and circles that we're drawn near to, that's where our life is going to move. And sometimes it's really important to take a deep breath and say, you know what, where am I looking right now? Who is around me right now? Is this helping me or is this hurting me? And I think we see that in the, in the psalm that's on the back of your note card today. It's from Psalm chapter 141, starting in verse 1 and 2, it says this, Lord, I am calling to you, please hurry. Listen when I cry to you for help. Accept my prayer as incense offered to you and my upraised hands as an evening offering. 
I love that it's okay. This is written by a guy named David. I'll give you some context about where he's at in life during this verse. But I love that he says, hey, God, uh, just so you know, I'm calling you, and please hurry. Please hurry. Anyone ever been running late before? More of my honest people. Anybody ever running late? Okay, cool. We got some people. For those of you like, I never run late. I am always on time. If I'm not five minutes early, I'm late. That's great for you. But for those of us who sometimes run late, we can get in a hurry. And you ever like been stuck behind somebody that is either not paying attention and the light turns green and their focus is somewhere else and you're like, hurry up, man. You get, you give the kind like Christian beep, like the beep, beep. Let's go. Hurry. I got to get to where I'm going. Well, I love the desperation in that and the desperation that David is exemplifying here by saying, hey, God, things are not good right now. It's freeing for me to realize that sometimes I can come to God in just my raw emotions with raw honesty and saying, God, it's not good right now. I'm calling to you because I need help. So would you please hurry? Listen when I cry to you for help. Accept my prayer as incense, a prayer of going up to you, God. I need it because I am alone right now. And my upraised hands as an evening offering. So David writes this actually when he's separated from the thing he loves the most. In the book of Psalms, David writes a lot of different things. He's probably actually the best songwriter that ever existed because his songs in the books of, book of Psalms have sold more copies than any other CD, album, or whatever, what have you. And we're still singing them today. We're still singing the truths that David expressed in his worship thousands of years ago in his pursuit of God, in his pursuit of the presence of God. David says in one of his psalms, there's one thing I want, and that's to be in God's presence forever. He loved being in the presence of God. He loved church at that time called the temple. He loved being in a place where he could freely experience God. But when this psalm is written, he's been robbed of that. Now, if David maybe fell into the weakness that you and I do sometimes, he'd say, well, you know what? I'll worship God back when I'm able to go back to, to the temple, back to church. I'll worship God then. I'll worship God when it's easier. I'm, I'll worship God. I'll draw near to him when he kind of answers the prayers I've been asking. But no, what does he say in this verse? Right now, God, even though I'm running, what, what's happening is David is running away from people who are trying to kill him. People who are running, he's running away from people who want to kill him and destroy him and his family. And so he can't go to the temple of God. He's got to find a cave or find somewhere out in the wilderness to worship God. But he says, you know what? Wherever I am, I'm going to throw up my hands and worship God. Wherever I'm at, I'm going to cry out to God for help. And that's freeing and encouraging for all of us here in this place. Wherever you're at today, you can throw up your hands and worship God and experience him. Wherever you're at today, you can lean into the fact that God is with you and God is for you and he sees you. You may feel so far away, but it takes one moment of surrender and saying yes again to Jesus that he can show up in your life. I'm calling to you amidst the darkness. I'm calling to you in spite of the pain. And I'm saying, God, hurry up because I need you. And I want to encourage you today that the personal aspect of this is so powerful. The personal aspect of crying out to God and understanding that he is who he says he is, he is more than enough, is so strengthening and encouraging. I had a great thank you, Lord, moment this morning. Last week after church, I was walking out uh, after leaving, after we had torn down everything. If you didn't know this, 
We have a team that shows up at 6.45 a.m. to set all this up and get everything set up for you guys so you can experience church. And we're so thankful for the home team. Come on, do me a favor. Would you show your appreciation for the home team? Everybody that shows up to make this happen, first to arrive, last to leave. But I remember we were leaving, and I got to my car, and I was like, oh, no. No keys. And the, the school was locked because the janitor had locked up. Luckily, I got some good friends here at the church who were able to take me home. But right when that happened, I called Adrian. Adrian's phone was broken last weekend. She had to get a new one. So I was stranded. Help! I'm alone! Hurry, please! I need some help, right? And luckily, again, I have some friends who were able to take me home, and my car stayed here, and I was looking everywhere for my keys, right? Everywhere in my car, in my backpack. Where did they go? And then I walk in today, and I'm like, wait a minute, what's that over there? That, that looks like, I, I noticed like something familiar in the horizon of the auditorium here in the, in the school. And I said, that looks, like, that looks like my gym tag on those keys over there. They were laying on the door over there. And I said, is that, no, that, they, there's no way seven days around high school kids, there's no way they would still be there. And I walked over, oh! It is! I had this moment of praise and worship over there all by myself that I found my keys because it's annoying to have to replace all your keys and all those things and not know where they are. Here's my encouragement to you today is you may feel like you're searching for something, but it's actually right where you left it. I, le I, I put them over there. I was the one who laid them there. No one else did. That was my fault. But the thing is, maybe we've gone an opposite direction of the Lord. Maybe we've left that place that we once were at. I want to encourage you. It's right where you left it. So if you just go back to that place, God will be right there ready for you. Say, hey, you don't have to call out anymore. I'm right here. Let's do this thing together. Let's draw near together. Let's move forward together. I've always been right here. So you don't have to look because I'm here ready and willing to help you and free you and forgive you and strengthen you. The Bible promises us as we draw near to God, he draws near to us. So here's what I want to give you today. I'm going to give you these things pretty quickly. You know, as we seek and, and build the presence of God in our life over the next 10 days, I think it's important to actually have an honest evaluation of where we're at. If you ever go, you know, I've tried, I, when I go to the gym, uh, they're always offering you like these free health tests, right? They're like, hey, let's do a health test. Let's see where your body mass index is at so we can help you. And I've never done it before, but then I finally did one, and, and I went through all the thing. You hold the thing to figure out your body fat percentage and what workouts are going to help you. And every time I've done it, the trainer always says, well, now I know where we can start. Now where I know how to help you. And I think for us, it's important to maybe take a little inventory, take a little check of our health today spiritually and say, okay, we got to know where we're at so we can know where to start. And here's the three things I want to give you. I want to give you three postures when it comes to the presence of God. Because as David's life is an example, there is nothing more valuable, nothing more important than the presence of God in our life, both corporately Sundays and individually throughout the week and in our communities of our small group circles that are going to start in just a few weeks here. But here's the first posture I want to give you, and they're these three chairs. That's why they're on here in case you've been wondering why they're here. So the first chair that you may find yourself sitting in is the posture of being separated from the presence of God. This is, I want to encourage you, this is why Jesus came. What does it say in Acts chapter 2, verse 21? But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved because we have been separated from the presence of God because of our decisions. 
If I were just to walk through the Ten Commandments, how many of us have ever dishonored our mom and dad before? How many of us have ever said something unkind, ever hurt someone before, ever wanted, uh, stole something before, right? We, we go through these things. We will not check up good. We will immediately realize, oh, I've broken the commandments that God has given, but he didn't just leave us there. So we are imperfect. We were separated from what God intended, but we needed a way in. And the way in is not some specific way. It's actually a specific who, and that person is Jesus. What does it say? But everyone who figures things out on their own and does the right thing will be saved. No. Everyone who is successful and people care about, no, no, no. Everyone who does all the religion, no. Who calls on the name of the Lord. And what is the name of the Lord Jesus? So what moves us from the posture of separation is one thing and one thing only calling on the name of Jesus. And maybe you find yourself in that place today. That's okay. Let's call on the name of Jesus today, though. Let's call out and say, God, I need you. I've been running away from you, or I've never known that I could have a relationship with you. I don't want to be separated from your presence and from your family anymore. I want to call on the name of Jesus. And in that moment, you can be saved. In that moment, you can be set free. I can tell you that in my life, I understand that moment was powerful and real, but it didn't just stop in that moment. It changed the direction of my life. And I've realized, just like David did, God, I can't do this without you. I need your presence in my life. Would you hurry and show up? Because my posture, I can't be separated from you anymore. I want to be involved in your life and in what you're doing. I want to trust you with everything that I have. I want to find that thing that I feel like I've lost. I don't want to be separated anymore. Today, that can change. That separation can change by simply saying yes to Jesus and stepping into the presence of God. The second chair, though, is where I really believe it can get interesting for us. But let me give you this statement. Here's why we move from separated to saying yes to Jesus. Because one way to define spiritual life is getting so tired and fed up with yourself, you go on to something better, which is following Jesus. What we talk about on Sundays is not some sort of self-help initiative, because we can't help ourselves. What I'm talking about today is not, you know, seven things to get you on a better path of life. No. Because at some point, we're going to get tired and fed up with ourselves and with the people around us. We're moving on to something better, though. And that something better is following Jesus. That something better is following our friend who is closer than a brother. That something better is following the King and Kings of Lord of, and Lord of Lords who has conquered sin and death and the grave so we could be forgiven and set free. This separation is not some religious act to get ourselves better. It's to say yes to Jesus who stepped into our life when we were at our worst and in our darkest moments to simply be back in to the family of God, back into the community that he has for us back to being the identity of sons and daughters created by God. And I'm so thankful that Jesus gave his life so that I could not be separated anymore, but I could say yes to him and be brought back into his family. Come on, if you're thankful that you're not separated anymore, if you're thankful that you're set in the family of God, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, again, David says in the book of Psalms that God takes the lonely. Here's what he does. God takes the lonely and sets them in his family. I want you to know that today. God can take you and set you in his family today. But let's talk about the second posture. The second posture is that we have a simple posture in the presence of God. What does that mean? It means we've said yes to Jesus. It means we have faith. It means that we come to church, but it's simple. Simple things don't have significant influence in your life. It's just something you do. 
right? It's just something that you do. It's not significant influence in your life. It's just something that maybe is something you come to a couple times a month. Maybe you'll read your Bible or pray if you have time, but it's simple. I want to let you know that this is not a place that will ultimately help you. Yes, you've got the, you've, you're in the family. You're a part of the community. You've said yes to Jesus, but it's not, it, you get so frustrated because you don't see the breakthrough. You don't see the healing. You don't see the encouragement and strength. It's because we have a simple relationship with the presence of God. We have a simple posture saying, yeah, you know what? I'm here, but I'm not participating. I'm spectating and I'm sitting, I'm just watching what's happening and I'm not really getting down in complete surrender of what God is doing in my life. I love John the Baptist. He's a guy in the Bible that came right before Jesus. He's kind of a weird guy, lived out in the wilderness, ate bugs and honey, which, you know, a lot of protein, but kind of a weird guy. But when he meets Jesus, here's the statement that he says that I think is really good for all of us. He says, Jesus must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. It's where is our focus? A simple posture in in the presence of God has a simple perspective of, okay, what is this doing for me? How is this helping me? What am I getting out of this? Rather than saying, you know what? Jesus, I want you to become greater and greater in my life, and whatever that looks like, I want more of it. Whatever that looks like, I want to go after it. Even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's difficult, I want to completely surrender to you so that you have a significant influence and impact in my life. This is an easy place to be, but it's not the most fulfilling place to be. Because here's the truth. It's that when we we are full of ourselves, we have no room for God. When we are full of ourselves, there is no room room for God. So today, my goal is for you to move into chair three. My goal is for you to move from separation to having an honest evaluation of do I have a simple relationship with God, and then encouraging and helping you move to step three, which is completely, as I've said before, completely and utterly surrendered to God in His, in his presence, saying, you know what, God, I'm not bringing, I'm not bringing any preference into this chair I'm not bringing any comfort or convenience into this chair. I just want whatever you have for me. And I'm surrendered completely to that. Because here's the thing. It's what, it's what the disciple Matthew tells us. He, he, chronicle, he writes down the words of Jesus. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for the sake of Jesus, you will save it. That's where this chair is all about. Realizing I'm letting go of control I'm letting go of comfort, and I'm simply surrendering my posture in the presence of God of saying, God, here I am. What do you want to do? Here I am. What are you saying? And my answer is yes. One of the best things we can do is simply say yes to God before anything uh, comes up. Saying, God, whatever the question is, whatever the request is, the answer is yes, because I'm here, and I'm willing, and I'm surrendered. Here's the statement I want to give you, is that when we empty ourselves we are in the perfect position to be filled by God's love. When we empty ourselves, we are in the perfect position to be filled by God's love, grace, and purpose for our life. Let me give you the two most dangerous words in the language of someone who follows Jesus. Someday and almost. Well, you know, someday I'll be in complete surrender. Someday, not today, but someday. That's our, if that's our response, it'll probably never happen. Oh, you know what? I was in this simple posture for a while, and I almost moved to surrender, but there were some things God wanted to do or some things God was asking me to change, but I just couldn't do it. So I almost did, nah, but I couldn't do it. 
You gotta get rid of those words. Just erase them from your vocabulary when it comes to following Jesus. It's today and it's everything. God, today is the day I surrender to you. Today I surrender everything to you. My, my concern, my comfort, my abilities, my giftings, my personality, my relationship, whatever it is, I surrender it to you, God, today because I don't wanna, try, I don't wanna lose my life by trying to control it. I wanna surrender it and give it to you because you know and you can do way more than I can, so I just surrender my life to you today because I know that's where I can be unshakable. That's the kingdom that I'm a part of. That's my life that you've gifted me with, so I just want to give it back to you. I draw near to you today, not in a simple posture, but in a surrendered posture, simply saying, yes, God, you have my everything today and always. Today and always, I surrender to you. And before we move on and close real quickly with the three words I want you to build a foundation around these last few days, these next 10 days, is honestly, I want to tell you, local city church, the most frustrating place, I think, is not chair one, two, or three. It's if you've been in chair three and in any short or long season of your life, and there was something that you just said no to God about, whether it was an internal thing or an identity thing, a financial thing. And we said, you know what, God, I can't do that. And we move back this way. Because you experienced this. You experienced what it was like to be fully surrendered. But then there was something that the enemy used to say, God doesn't know what he's talking about, or God's just trying to control you. And it moved you back here. And you're so frustrated because you remember what this was like, but because of the comfort of our own desires or preferences, it moved us back here. And we're like, why isn't it like this anymore? Because we moved from complete surrender to convenient simplicity in our relationship with Jesus. And I want you to know, today is the day to change that. Today Today is the day to give everything to God again. Whatever it is, my family, my finances, my giftings, whatever it is, God, it's yours. My comfort, my understanding, my control, it's yours. And I promise you, if you surrender to God over these next 10 days, he'll break some things in your life and he'll open up some new blessings in your life too. But let me get, let, let's close with these three things. Three words of worship for the next 10 days. The first one is awe. The root word of awesome. What does it mean to be in awe? It means I can't believe I get to do this. When you have that perspective when you walk into worship, it changes the game. When you realize it's not just a religious thing, it's not just a Sunday morning thing, it's that when you walk into this place, whether there's one person, a hundred, or a thousand people in the room, you are experiencing God. And I can't believe that I get to do this. I can't believe that the creator of the universe wants to have a relationship with me, and I get to experience his love and his joy and his hope, and I get to experience his presence today. I am in awe of that. Maybe you've lost your awe. Maybe you've lost that factor of your faith. Maybe you've let convenience and comfort or just difficulties or the situation you're facing in life remove the awe and removing the humble posture of, I can't believe I get to do this. I stumbled across this picture of an astronaut recently. This is, one, this is this astronaut, if you can see him, he's real tiny down there. It's a real picture. He's one of the first guys to kind of float through space without a tether. I mean, just look at that. That, is just, that stresses me out just looking at it because there's nothing behind him. He's just out there. But also I could feel like, man, what awe was he experiencing? 
I'm in space. I'm, I, have, I have a view of the world that only a select few amount of people get to view. But I'm also not tied down to anything. But I think that's the only way he could get that full view is to really let go of what's comfortable, let go of what tethered him down to comfort, and let go and say, you know what, I just want to float through the creation that God has. I want to flo- float through this place and really experience it and really see it for what it's worth. I want you to know today, you got to cut the tether of those things that make sense to you. You got to cut the tether of those things that are holding you back. You got to be like David and realize, I'm not saying I'm going to worship and draw near to God when it's easy. Even when people are trying to kill me and destroy my family, I'm still going to be in awe of the fact that I get to worship God and I'm just going to float in freedom in that. I'm going to float in the fact that God is with me and I can't believe I get to do this. Second thing, similar is abandon, letting go of everything realizing that this is all that matters right now. The enemy would love nothing, nothing more than to rob you of your worship experience on Sunday mornings. He would love nothing more than to rob you of your worship experience throughout the week. But I want to give you this, I want to give you this statement to say on Sundays and during your life to say, you know what, this is all that matters right now. I, it doesn't matter what's going on outside of this moment because this is all that matters Maybe when you're, when you're spending time in prayer and worship on your personal time, just get a little notepad next to you and say, if something pops into your mind that you're worried about, whether it's that work meeting or that relationship or that thing you haven't done, just write it down and say, you know, what, I'm going to get to this later. But right now, this is all that matters. I'm in complete abandon trusting God right now. I'm in complete abandon because this is all that matters, because this is the thing that really is going to influence everything else. I'm in complete awe that I can't believe I get to do this. But I also realize, man, this is the only thing that matters. I want you to know today, the only thing that matters in my life is the presence of God because it affects everything else. Yes, my family matters. My marriage matters. But if I begin to try and control and and influence those things more than simply being in awe and in abandon in the presence of God, man, it's going to be so hard. But if I walk into the presence of God and say, you know, I can't believe I get to do this, I'm a broken person. I'm a messed up person. I can't believe I get to step into this. And you know what? This is the only thing that matters now. That's when things begin to change. That's when God really does begin to hurry and show up in your life. We're closing right here. The last one is this, is that when I'm in awe and when I'm in abandon, I simply act. I act. I will sing. I will lift my hands because this is what changes things. I will sing, I'll lift my hands because this is what changes things. When, when David says in that psalm that we talked about, I lift up my hands, it's this Hebrew word, yada, and not yada, yada, yada from Seinfeld, if you know that episode. <laughs> but yada, like, you know what, God? I'm letting go because this is all that matters. I lift my hands to you because I'm letting go. I am acting on what I know. So when you see us on Sundays or when we encourage you to lift your hands and sing, it's not because you're checking some performance box. It's because there's no other way to experience the presence of God. There's no other way to be in the presence of God than to say, you know what? I'm letting go. I'm lifting my hands and I'm singing and I'm acting on what I know about God. Because there's power in what we do together. I love this quote. I wrote this quote down in my journal about the joy that we search for. We can throw it up on, on the screen. Joy comes as we stand among those Jesus has redeemed and get lost in a sea of worship, becoming fully set apart in something sacred. That's what we do today. That's what we do today. 
and we get lost in it because it's so powerful. And here's the last quote I want to give you before we close and before we sing that song, Gyra, one last time today because I really want it to be sealed in your heart. This is from a guy named John Ortberg who wrote some great philosophical understandings of the presence of God and our relationship with him. It says, I need to worship because without it, I can forget that I have a big God beside me and I can live in fear. I need to worship because without it, I can forget his calling and begin to live a spirit of self-preoccupation. I need to worship because without it, I lose a sense of wonder and gratitude and plod through life with blinders on. I need worship because my natural tendency is towards self-reliance and stubborn independence. I would say I need worship today because I need to be unshakably surrendered. And here's the practical I want to give you. Really simple practical. And it's actually just to commit to this thing we call the first 15 for the next 10 days. The first 15 of your of uh, 15 minutes of your day is five minutes of worship, five minutes of prayer, and five minutes of God's word. And with the app that's on the screen, we remove every excuse that you may have. I don't know what to I don't know what to listen to. I don't know what to read. I don't know what to pray. If you download this first 15 app, it solves all those questions. So the only thing you can say is yes or no to it. The only thing that we can say is, yep, I'm going to surrender. No, no, no more separation, no more simplicity. I'm completely surrendered. And all you got to do is search the app store for this thing, and it sets it up for you. And I want you to do this for the next 10 days. Do it for the next seven days and come back to church next Sunday. And tell me what God's doing in your life. Tell me how the different approach, the different approaches now that you have for life, for your life. Tell me how much you feel encouraged because I know it's going to happen. And then begin to take charge of your own personal prayer life, your own time in God's word. I need worship because I need to be unshakably surrendered. I am, will never be satisfied in separation. I will never be satisfied with a simple posture in the presence of God. I will only be satisfied and fulfilled and filled up and encouraged and unshakably surrendered when I am in complete surrender and given total control of my life to God because he knows better than I do. He is a God of love, a God of hope, a God of joy, a God of encouragement, a God of forgiveness and freedom today. So what other choice do I have? It's not someday, it's not almost, it's today and everything is the Lord's so I can live unshakably surrendered in my life. So I'm going to act. I'm going to abandon everything else. I'm going to stand in awe today.